podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome everyone to the Streakers Podcast. We are the ones that got away. I am Mason Migliera. That is Patrick Previty. We got Sunday football for you today. That's what that's what's on the dock. Not a whole lot, just football. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, Patrick, what's up, bud? I'm doing great, man. Jimbo Fisher just got fired. Can you believe that? College football world, kind of, kind of a wild day. A little bit, a lot, a lot going on in college football. Jim Harbaugh not on the sidelines, so, but we're here to talk the NFL. Yes, we are NFL. Uh, we had the very exciting uh, primetime game on Thursday between the Carolina Panthers and Chicago Bears. Hopefully, everyone took our advice and just didn't watch this game. Uh, it was kind of nothing crazy going on. Uh, 16-13, Chicago Bears were able to pull it out. So we we were the we both were correct in that one. Uh, Bryce Young, man, he just needs some weapons, man. He's got absolutely nothing over there in Carolina. I mean, he's got Adam Thielen, but other than that, like, there's no one there that can really help him out. He was 21-38, 185 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions, took three sacks. I know his offensive line is terrible as well. They got nothing going on the on the ground. And I was on the other side, Tyson Bagnett, he went 20-33, 162 yards, Nothing even good there. Um, DeAndre Foreman, he just ran the ball a bunch. 21 carries, 80 yards, one touchdown. Really just a mediocre game. I mean, what do you expect when you got these two types of teams facing off against each other? Uh, I guess the biggest thing here was it was a win-win situation for Chicago, right, for the number one pick. Uh, If they won... That makes Carolina's uh, record worse, which they have that pick. And if then they lost, they would then be in position to have the number one pick overall on their own. So it was a win-win situation for Chicago. Carolina's just a hot mess of garbage. And uh, I don't know. I've seen uh, recently Frank Reich could be a one-and-done. Are you feeling the same way, or do you think that they'll be uh, they'll give him a little bit more of a of a leash? Uh, I think he would get more of a leash. My main thing is, does Bryce Young get replaced? If he does, then you would probably bring in a new coach. But I just cannot see that at all. I mean, yeah, Bryce Young is struggling. He's obviously had like, though he might have the fourth uh, best season from the rookie quarterbacks. You know, maybe even Will Levis surpasses him. I think what Anthony Richardson showed is probably enough, despite getting injured so early. And obviously, CJ Stroud's going crazy. I think he might end up being the fourth kind of guy in that row um through his rookie year but I don't think you should give up on him yet so as far as Frank Reich is concerned I don't really think you want to bring in um you want to replace him and bring in a another guy a second coach in Bryce Young's second year I think that would be pretty bad uh mismanagement especially considering that you did trade uh the pick from last year so or trade for the pick last year you know so like I, I wouldn't I would be surprised in all honesty. Coaches coaches do come and go, but um, when was the last time that happened? I mean, the Cardinals did it with Steve Wilkes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, with Josh Rosen at QB, and they overhauled and brought in Kingsbury and uh, Kyler Murray, but it doesn't really happen all that often that you get one and done. I haven't – I can't remember off the top of my head when that happened last or how often it happened. I mean, I think I think Urban Meyer, but, you know, like when, when you have like a guy and a first-round pick, you have a coach in the first-round quarterback, um, I don't think it's very common. 
Yeah. It, it would just be a recipe for disaster, and I think it would be the worst thing for Bryce Young to have a whole new coach. So hopefully that doesn't happen. I don't think it will either, but patience is thin. You know, if, if things don't turn around, if there's not even a glimmer of hope, then it could just be over for him. So I have to see. But let's get into these games that we got going on today. We are currently underway in Germany. I think this is the final international game of the season, unless there's a, a later week where they go to Mexico. Um, I'm not 100% sure. But we got the Colts taking on the Patriots right now. Colts are driving at the moment. They're in the red zone uh, on New England's 11, third and one. Uh, probably going to run it with Jonathan Taylor. Seems like they've been doing that a lot already in this game. But uh, New England's already up 3-0. They've got a field goal to start the game. Patrick, who do you have winning this one? I have the Colts. Um, I think just the Patriots right now have been a dumpster fire. And I think with Gardner Minshew, the Colts are at least pretty decent. I mean, the the Patriots' highlight of their season has been beating the Bills um, three weeks ago. But otherwise, I don't really see much from them. I think just with all of the injuries that they've dealt with on the defensive side of the ball and just the lackluster offense, man, this this team is gonna is headed towards uh, drafting another quarterback next year. And I think that's their main storyline when I look at the Patriots. I mean, yeah, I, I agree with you, by the way. I think the Colts are going to win this game. New England sitting at 2-7. and seven. It's a year to forget for them. Uh, I don't even want to call it like it's a reset year. They weren't expecting this. So they're just going to forget about this one, flush down the toilet, and hopefully uh, move on to next year where there's better things. A new quarterback, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, maybe maybe they'll end up drafting a wide receiver, a, a a good weapon for Mac Jones. You never know. Uh, there's definitely some wide receivers there in in college to to draft. So, yeah, we'll have to see. Looks like Gardner Minshew just threw into the one-yard line. They're just right outside the end zone. We're going to get out of this game, though. Nothing really crazy going on there. Next team we got is the Houston Texans taking on the Cincinnati Bengals. This game is really intriguing to me. Um, because, man, C.J. Stroud, as we've said all, all year, he's been extremely impressive. But taking on the Cincinnati Bengals team, who is looking like a, a wagon right now, man. They're doing really, really well. Joe Burrow's healthy. It's going to be I, – I, I wouldn't be surprised if they somehow make the playoffs this year after starting off so horrendously. Give me the Bengals winning this one, but I think it'll definitely be competitive. The line's sitting at six. I give uh I I'll give it like a three point three point game. Yeah, I would take the points here too. Honestly, I mean, I have the Bengals winning. Like you said, I wouldn't be shocked if the Texans uh, made the playoffs, and I wouldn't be shocked if they won this game. The Bengals are just kind of on a tear right now as well. They are one of the more hotter teams in the in the National Football League. Um, and as far as the Texans are concerned, like you said, I mean, CJ Stroud is just that the engine. I mean. 14 touchdowns, one pick. I mean, I'll take that, from, especially from a rookie quarterback. But you would take it from anybody in the NFL. How So how wrong almost, like, were some people about C.J. Stroud? I, I kind of look back and think about it. Like, Bryce Young is now – and we I said when we talked about it just a second ago, I don't want to give up on him. But, man, like, C.J. Stroud at the beginning of the year, we had it, like – like Anthony Richardson was popping off, you know, like we were like not ready to give up on Bryce Young this season at least, but now this season's a wash. 
And now it's like CJ Stroud's going to run away with this uh, offensive rookie of the year. How wrong were we? Or some people? I think maybe um, some people. I, I I mean, I didn't expect this at all, especially no, from I mean, the Texans team, because they're a good team, too. Like, he could have played decent, and they lost games. But they're 4-4. Four and four. They have a real shot at making the playoffs. Yeah, they, they definitely do. Um, as for how wrong, I mean, you just couldn't expect it. Hindsight's twenty twenty, uh, but you obviously none, no one expected this. This Texans team is playing really, really well, and he is leading the charge in that. Um, D'Amico Ryan as well. He needs to get his props. He's been a fantastic head coach for them that so far this season. He's really gotten his guys to to gather together and play some really good football especially at home. They're sitting at, I think, three and one at home. Um, But, yeah, if they continue on this, man, it could be a really, really exciting season for the Texans and very surprising first year for C.J. Stroud. They could could make the playoffs. They could be a wild card team. Or, hell, they could even win their division. Right now they're they're ninth in the uh, conference behind Buffalo and the Bengals. So with a win today, they would obviously tie the Bengals and probably – have the tiebreaker with the head-to-head win. So I don't know exactly how what they would need to jump the Bills. Um, obviously, if the Bills lost, they would probably be able to, you know, I think they would be tied, or maybe they would be one loss behind or one win behind. One of, one of the two. I'd have to check the standings again. But um, this Texans team has been in every single game except for their first game against the Ravens, which they lost 25-9. Otherwise, they've been very competitive in each game, and they have a couple losses by two points. I mean, this offense has been humming. They've they've been able to score above 30 points three times this year. That's impressive considering their roster. They don't have a ton of dudes um, like on the offensive side of the ball that can make big, big plays. And with the insertion of CJ Stroud, they're still, they are actually making a fair amount of them. So I, I really like this Texans team. I've come around to them. There's some things that maybe I've, maybe I was projecting a little bit. I was saying we were wrong about CJ Stroud. I think maybe we were just wrong about the Texans too. Yeah. Cause like you said, D'Amico Ryan's coming in has definitely established a bit of a culture there. They look competent. Like they're in a much better position when you look at like them compared to the Panthers with the, their first-year head coach, their first-year quarterback. So I think maybe I was just wrong. We were at the beginning of the year when we did all the division previews and looking through the schedules, we we chalked them up as a as an easy win for an, for the opposing teams, and that's just not the case. No, certainly that is not the case. Your, your point on the the Bills, if they lose to – they play tomorrow, actually, I believe. Um, but regardless, if, if they're sitting there tied, imagine – the Houston Texans with C.J. Stroud and company making the playoffs over Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, and the entire Buffalo Bills. That would just be insane and definitely something that just is so unpredictable. But that's what's so great about sports. Sports are so unpredictable. Any given day, another professional team can be another professional team because at the end of the day, they're all professionals, and it's just it's it's super – Super exciting. But moving on to the next game, we got the New Orleans Saints, who are, oh my God, they're just in turmoil right now, taking on the Minnesota Vikings, who also are in a little bit of a different turmoil. I wouldn't say it. I don't know if turmoil is the right word, but that's what I'm going to use. Um, New Orleans Saints, Michael Thomas just got arrested yesterday uh, or, or the day before. Chris Olave got arrested a couple of days prior. Um, that might have been last week. 
But regardless, the wide receivers over there in New Orleans, they've been getting arrested. Meanwhile, over in Minnesota, they got a super genius now as their quarterback in Joshua Dobbs. Last week, he was on the sideline doing his doing his count or whatever for the for for the offensive line, just showing him like his tendencies and everything. That is insane. And then he went on to win the game for them. So I'm gonna go with the super genius taking on uh, the Saints and give me the Vikings. Originally, I had the Saints, but then I looked at it last night. I was like, what the hell am I doing? Picking the New Orleans Saints with half their wide receiver core getting arrested this week or in the past two weeks. Give me the super genius and the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, considering the Saints wide receiver core is locked behind bars, uh, I'll go with the Vikings too. I mean, the, the Vikings are kind of a new look team. They're on a four game winning streak. I, I wrote them off when we talked, when like I wanted to do the whole week three, who's who's on one three or the week four, who's one and three, who are we writing off? Like, who is it over for? Man, it's a 17 game season. And I don't know, man, the NFL is a little different than what it was when I was growing up, man. You, if you started 0 and 2, it used to be a death sentence almost. Like, you hated started starting 0 and 2. But, um, the Vikings have just rallied partially with Kirk Cousins and then the other part with Joshua Dobbs. That's what a what a move, what a trade. It was bold. Uh, they they felt like they had a team that was still going to be competitive with a different quarterback inserted. And you know what? Super Genius has picked up on the playbook and he's out there balling. I mean, four-game win streak. Granted, one game is against uh, the San Francisco 49ers and the others are against the Bears, Packers, and Falcons, who I don't know exactly what to think of those teams, but I think they're lower echelon uh, in the hunt teams, uh, not and not including the Bears, <laughs> the Packers and Falcons specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, so this will be a better test, I think, this uh, Saints team. They're right in the thick of it for the NFC South along with the Falcons. Um, but, yeah, I, I really like what this what this Vikings team is doing. I'm, and I'm honestly, admittedly, I'm rooting for Dobbs because we wrote him off too. This is like this is like the streakers like – kryptonite team i would say almost like this is the team with we have the 33rd ranked quarterback and the vikings who we wrote off you know a handful of weeks ago so this is you know every single bad prediction from us wrapped into one so i think i gotta jump on the bandwagon here but i think they'll win today i'm surprised that new orleans is favored i'm guessing they're just getting um a bit of points maybe because they're no excuse me they're actually not even home so i'm i'm this line is confusing me i i would take the vikings outright um, they are one and three at home. Maybe that's the catch. Maybe something's going on, but for the most yeah. part, I'm really, I'm really buying into the stock of the Vikings. It's rising, but I still don't think they could catch the Lions, who have a tough game this week as well. But I fully, <laughs> I fully playoff. agree with, I fully agree with everything you're saying there. What you did say about um, you know, facing off against uh, lower echelon teams. This it doesn't matter. This isn't the NCAA. This isn't uh college football where you know strength of victory or uh who you're beating is is, is as important uh because at the end of the day in the nfl a win is a win so it doesn't matter there's no rankings here it's just you win and you get it done that's all it is so and i think that's just going to happen today they're the vikings are going to go they're going to be at home they're going to beat the saints team and joshua dobbs is going to look damn good doing it moving on to the next one we got the green bay packers taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers, Green Bay sitting at three and five, Pittsburgh sitting at a nice five and three, and in the playoffs in the AFC side, man, for whatever reason, the the Steelers are doing good this year. I I don't understand it. 
I said it last episode. I just said how. But uh, I guess give me the Steelers in this one being at home. I don't think Kenny Pickett. I don't know what he – his numbers aren't even that good. His numbers are worse than Jordan Love. He's got fourteen, just under 1,500 yards. Meanwhile, Jordan Love has just over 1,700. And then Love has 12 touchdowns to eight interceptions. And Kenny Pickett has six touchdowns to four interceptions. Like, what? what is Kenny Pickett doing on offense that is allowing them to win games? I don't understand. Yeah, I'm just as confused as you, Mason. I, I honestly have been waiting for the Steelers to collapse. I've been praying on their downfall. I've been counting on it, and it just hasn't happened. And that division is tough. Two or three, five and three teams and a seven and two Baltimore Ravens squad that's on an absolute tear right now. One of the best teams in the NFL, bar none currently, like at, at the, with the way that they're playing. Um, so I don't know how the Steelers have not folded. I, I would take them today again too to win uh, against the Packers. I mean, I'm not, I'm not gonna. At a certain point, I need to cut my losses. I've said these these certain teams. I've written them off. I've said that these teams aren't going to be any good. You know, two three weeks from now, or they're, they're going to show the world. I still am skeptical of like the ceiling for the Steelers team. But it looks like the floor is an in the hunt, real deal, like playoff wild card team, like that they could actually make it in to the playoffs. I don't know if they could win a game. I really don't. I mean, the the Kenny Pickett um, experience has been interesting to say the least at one point it's been lackluster maybe from his play when you just look at it from tunnel vision but they're winning games I mean their defense is is unbelievable that should be noted I mean their defense is great so that they certainly have that going for them Mike Tomlin like always has these guys ready to play I I will say man Mike Tomlin and Andy Reid and I might be forgetting a couple guys obviously Belichick I know the, the the Patriots having a rough season but man Mike Tomlin Hall of Fame coach, there's just no denying it. I don't think that that was exactly like a debate, but when you have a Hall of Fame coach on your sidelines, man, you're not going to be bad. Also, shout out Harbaugh too, because he's in that division. He deserves some love. Yeah, I was just about to say Harbaugh as well. Yeah, this whole division is super, super gritty. I've said it my entire life, essentially. They've always said that the AFC North is always just such a hard-fought division, and it's proven true this year. And then as for the Packers, I don't know. It just isn't really working this year. We thought they would be better. We definitely, I think we did, but they just have not panned out to be what we thought. We'll have to see what they do with Jordan Love uh, as the season goes and into the offseason going into next year. But next game, we got the Tennessee Titans taking on your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, two, three, and five teams. The, the Bucs are kind of spinning out of control right now. And then the Titans... Got Will Levis there at quarterback, who has looked actually really, really strong in his first couple of games. Uh, this one's tough now that I'm thinking about it. I have the Bucks winning, but, man, I've really, really liked how Will Levis has played. But, no, I'm going to stick with the Bucks. I'm going to go with the veteran, more veteran team there uh, in, in Tampa, basically just quarterback-wise. Everything else, they're both kind of veteran old old teams. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised either way. The line is three. I wouldn't be even be surprised if they moved it down to just one, favoring one or the other. Um, but give me the Bucks to win outright. But it's going to be – I think it'll be a good game. Yeah, so maybe this is a bit of a trap. Maybe Vegas wants people to bet on the Titans, considering that the Bucks are on a four-game losing streak and the Titans seem to have found their quarterback, at least for the rest of the year. 
Um, so maybe Vegas wants people to come in and bet that bet that line that they have. I mean, they're giving three to the home team. Titans are 0-4 on the road. I would still take the Titans, though. I, I think this is just a story, you know, despite what maybe Vegas is telling us, um, of one team on the downward decline, despite, you know, my love for my hometown team. Uh, the Bucks are on a four-game losing streak. There's just no way around it. Um, and the Titans are on the up. They lost last week against the Steelers, but they played a really good. They played a really good game. Played them tough. Will Levis looked good. I think they're optimistic about the rest of the year. They haven't lost a game in their last three. In their last three losses, uh, they've been they're two and three in the last five games. And those three losses, they've all been close. So they've been a very competitive team. Um, I, I would take the Titans here. I don't really, I don't want to overthink it. You know. Fair enough. Fair enough. That's the first one that we've disagreed on today. Yeah, we I don't have enough. Agree. We don't have enough disagreements when we pick these games. I feel no. because when we both tank, we both tank. Like at the beginning of the year, we like had one week where like I think I might be holding on to that because I got way out of uh, way out in front of you on it. But outside of that, we we usually just agree on every game. It's pretty bad. And we don't we don't talk about it beforehand. We literally when we get on you, like this is when we talk about it. We there's not really much discussion beforehand. So it's kind of funny how that happens, but let's go on to the next one. This one's a probably game of the week because this week there's really not a ton of games that are super, super intriguing, but this one's probably the top one. The San Francisco 49ers heading into Jacksonville, taking on the Jaguars, going across the country. They did just come off of a bye week, and I think they needed it because, man, they are playing some not great football. Brock Purdy has been struggling. They're sitting at five and three just after they were a perfect five and zero to start the season. I mean, we had the conversation where like they have a chance of going undefeated, and then right after that, they just lost three straight. Uh, and then the Jaguars on their side, they've been playing really good football recently. They're, I think they're on like five game win streak. Originally, I had the Jacksonville Jaguars winning this one, but I saw this picture and Christian McCaffrey came up, and I said, "That's the MVP right there." I really think he is. Uh, for the entire season, I would not be surprised. He has been a dog for them this year. He's been a workhorse. He's been doing everything. Make sure you place your bet on an anytime touchdown for him because, man, he's scoring one every damn game. So give me the 49ers, but, man, this game should be really, really exciting. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this game. Um, I'm surprised this is at 1 p.m., in all honesty. Um, but, yeah, I- I'm going to take the 49ers um, mainly because – I just don't I just don't see this team losing four straight. I think this is a very talented team. And I think while the Jaguars are good and they're on a five-game winning streak, I just don't see a team that I picked to go to the Super Bowl uh losing four straight. I, I think that they're easily still, when all things are done, um, the second best team in the NFC behind the Eagles. And I just don't see them losing four straight. I, I think they need to obviously break their their slump and score more than 17 points. They scored 17 points in the last three games. Um, so I, I think that they're going to need more points to win, but I think they'll get it. I, I don't really know exactly what I think of the Jaguars. I think they're really good. They're six and two, um, but that's, that's where it kind of stops. I'm not ready anymore to make proclamations on how good that team is going to be. Um, I'm kind of maybe not out on them, but I'm just more cautious with how good I think they could be. Both of these streaks on on both sides have to end eventually. 
And obviously for the Jaguars, they don't want it to end right now. But I, I think it's kind of just meeting that point where I think the losing streak of the 49ers is just going to outweigh the, the winning streak of the Jacksonville Jaguars. I fully believe that that's a thing. Like, if there's a team that's on such a good winning streak or a good team that's on a losing streak, it's bound to change eventually. And I think that's what's going to happen this week. Next game, we got the Cleveland Browns taking on the Baltimore Ravens. Baltimore, we've already talked about it. They have been fantastic all season. But I think, haven't they already played? Okay, yeah, they already played the Browns uh, earlier this year, and they won 28-3. to I think it's going to be another similar situation in this one. I think Baltimore's going to go, and they're just going to do their thing. Is Deshaun Watson playing? I don't yes. know. He is playing. Okay, congrats. You guys got Deshaun Watson back, but it's not going to make a difference. Lamar yeah, Jackson Lamar... looks really good this year, I would say. <laughs> Lamar Jackson, yeah. So the stats don't, like, pop out for Lamar Jackson, but this could have easily – and maybe – you still got plenty of time. Uh, this could easily turn into an MVP season if the Ravens continue this tear. I mean, they are just dominating folks. I mean, they had a close game against the Cardinals and Titans, sure, but they – killed the lions and the seahawks so there's no nfc team that's touching them right now and as far as i'm concerned this is the team that's playing the best football right now better than anybody in the nfl and i think that this browns team is is good there is no slouch they're not bad um but i i just don't think they'll be able to hang either um give me the give me the ravens again obviously if that wasn't so clear um and yeah, I'm happy that I chose them to win the division. And I'm happy that I chose them and said, like, I think that they're going to have a better year than last year. Because that looks to be one of my very few picks that is hitting right now. There you go. Congratulations on that. But it's not over yet. It's not over yet. Um, You're right. The, the Bengals game, are hot on their tail. So, I mean, I, I'm not, like, I can't ignore that. You got three, five, and three teams right behind you. Yep. We'll see what happens this week. It'll be another... AFC North gritty matchup. But next one, we got the Atlanta Falcons taking on the Arizona Cardinals. It is week one for the Arizona Cardinals. Kyler Murray is back. And as for the Falcons, they got Taylor Heineke uh, under center for them. This is interesting um, because I totally forgot about Kyler Murray coming back. But I'm still going to go with the Falcons in this one. I got Taylor Heineke as my quarterback uh, for to fill in for uh, all, all around. Uh, all my quarterbacks are on a bye, even the backups that I had. So I had to go to the waiver wire. I had to go pick up someone, and I picked up Taylor Heineke. I think he's going to have a good game against this Arizona Cardinals defense. So uh, I, I got to stick with it. But I'm excited to see Kyler Murray be back because when the, he's on the field, the NFL is better. Yeah, uh, I agree. I love that Kyler Murray's back. Um, I was kind of skeptical whether or not he was going to come back this year. Um me too. Especially with how the Cardinals were playing. But when they moved on from Josh Dobbs and traded him, you just knew he was going to make his return at some point this year. Um, this is kind of interesting because whenever I look at the Falcons, they're in the thick of a uh, playoff race or a division race, and they don't really, in my opinion, have their quarterback set. And this 1-8 Cardinals team does. Uh, I think if I don't think they're going to move on from Kyler Murray anytime soon. So um, to me, that's interesting. I'm going to take the Cardinals. Sometimes whenever a guy gets inserted, I think that's a jolt of energy. Um, you saw it last week uh, with the Ravens. Um, they were able – or excuse me, with the Raiders. Uh, they cleaned house, and that's just 
a big jolt of energy in a sense. Uh, it doesn't really mean anything long-term, but sometimes in that first week back, they can uh, really take advantage of the team that they're playing against and play some good football. I think that's what the Cardinals are going to do today. Um, as far as how I think Kyler Murray is going to actually play and how he's going to perform, I think he's going to be rusty, and I just wouldn't grade him on a tough scale. I would grade him on a curve. Um, but I think overall this Cardinals team, they're not garbage. They played some tough some teams tough at the beginning of the year. They've just slid in the last handful of weeks. But uh, I, I give me the Cardinals to uh, beat the Falcons and make the Falcons four and six, way behind the Saints. Way behind. Uh, you got uh, the Cardinals starting off one and zero to start the year for them. Uh, Absolutely. But yeah, that's, that's, that's a good. That's a good take. I almost fell out of my chair. Maybe make me fall out of my chair with that take. Um, but next game, we got the Detroit Lions taking on the Los Angeles Chargers. This is also a really good game, I think, as well. Uh, the, the Lions sitting at six and two, the Chargers at four and four. Oh, if Dan Campbell is able to keep his defense in line and doesn't let this become a shootout, I think the Lions will win this game. But if it becomes a shootout, I would not be surprised if the Chargers end up winning this game. But uh, give me the give me the Lions. Jared Goff's gonna have a good game. Or did they just come off of a bye? I can't remember. I don't remember that. I don't remember them playing. Last. Oh, it's because they played the Raiders last week. So yeah, they technically did just come off of a bye. No, that was the last game. No, they did come off of a bye. That was the last game that the Raiders had with uh, McDaniel or whatever. All that. So yeah, Josh McDaniels. Off. Yeah, they did come off of a bye. And then the Chargers they just came off that home. Or the the game against the Jets, yeah. Give me the give me the Lions, but don't let it become a shootout. <laughs> yeah, this is um, yeah. The I'm taking the Lions too. Uh, this is one of the games that I could either I could easily see going either way. I think this is a great test for both of these teams to see where they're at. Um, you're not gonna this probably not gonna run into each other uh in the Super Bowl. So this is a great test out of conference to see where you're at. Um, in my opinion, I really do think that the Lions at six and two need this because I think falling to six and three and having the Vikings move into six and four would be would be a very interesting storyline. I, I, I have I like the Lions, but I'm worried that if they were to get into a division race, it could get <clears throat> things could get weird. And I'm just worried about this the I think this team is mentally strong, but um, when you got a team hot on their tail, like that absolutely turned their season around, I think it would be so disappointing for the Lions to lose that division spot. I don't think that they're really in any jeopardy of missing the playoffs just with how the NFC is. But I think it would be really disappointing for them to really start giving up a good chunk of their division lead that they've had since like week three. Yeah. But I, I'm, I like the Lions. I, I think the, the Chargers, um, they really go with the ebbs and flows of their coach and Justin Herbert. So if they do put up some points today, I could easily see them winning also. Yes, it should be a very exciting game regardless. We need we want America's team to win, though. We want the Lions to win. But moving on to the, I guess, always claimed America's team, the Dallas Cowboys are hosting the 2-7 and seven New York Giants. Got ourselves an NFC East matchup here. I don't know if you see the line. It is... 17 and a half favoring the Dallas Cowboys. I think that's the biggest one we've seen all year. Was there a 21.1 earlier in the year for the for the Niners? Maybe. I don't remember. It, it could have been. I thought 14 was the highest that we've seen. 
I don't know. From what? But 17 and a half is the line for Oh, the line. Yeah, sorry. The the line is 17 and a half favoring the Cowboys. I think the biggest one we've seen this year was 14, maybe 15, and we've seen that a couple of times. I can remember if we saw a 21 or 20.1 though for the Niners like way early on in the year. Um but yeah, hey, wow, time, that is that's a monstrous line. I will say I know the Giants season is over now, but that is a crazy line. Last time the, the Cowboys had a, a huge line like that was against the Cardinals, and the Cardinals ended up winning. That did happen, so we can think about that. But let's talk about the game for a second. For the kid that is quarterbacking the New York Giants, Mr. DeVito himself. I don't even know his first name. I think it's Tommy. Tommy I think it's DeVito. Tommy, yeah. I think he's, yeah. Uh, he's out of Illinois. Yeah, Tommy DeVito, he just sounds like a New York Staten Island kid, which he is from there. And uh, he still lives with his parents. I don't know if you knew that. He lives with his parents. He said uh, his mom still makes his bed. He doesn't have to do anything. He's got a a home-cooked meal when he gets home. I don't know what that's doing for the ladies very much out there. I don't know. I don't know how old this kid is. Uh, But regardless, if he's 24 years old, still living with his mom and dad, having his parents do everything for him, I don't know how attractive that is. But, hey, he's in the NFL. That's pretty cool. Yeah, man. Um, if you're the starting quarterback for the Giants, I don't think girls. I don't think girls care if you're still living <laughs> with your mom. I don't geez. think it matters, man. You could be living in like a cardboard box for all they probably would care. If you're if you're the starting quarterback for the New York Giants, man, you could be all right. That, that's fair, but I thought that was a little funny hearing that. But hey, good for him. He he's getting a start here against the Dallas Cowboys. He's gonna get absolutely pummeled though. Uh, he'll probably get sacked four or five times at least. Uh, Parsons will probably have about three of those. Um, but give me the Cowboys. I'm not going to take the line because that's 17 and a half is just way too much. But yeah, give me the Cowboys. Yeah, that, that line scares me, especially considering that the over under is 38 and a half. So, like, they think that the Giants are going to score like under 10 points as you know, at this rate. So, um, I'm going to take the Cowboys, not much else to it. I just wouldn't, I, I probably wouldn't touch the spread. 17 and a half is crazy. Uh, that is a great question. I'll do a little bit of research, and I'll have it by the end of the show if that's the biggest line so far this year. Could be. We've seen, like you said, we've had some monstrous ones from the Niners, and like you said, the Cowboys had one, like, what? Was it last week or two weeks ago? That was pretty crazy. It was – I remember that when they played the Cardinals, ago. it was, like, 14. Yeah, the Cardinals one was, was big. I thought we saw, like – I mean, we've seen some interesting ones uh, throughout the year, whether, like, big or small. Like, I remember there was one – uh that the 49ers had against the Steelers that was that was super small. Um that was week one. It was like a two point yeah. line. And we were like, huh? We were so confused. And then they ended up winning like 30 to 6 or whatever. Um but yeah, I assume you have the Cowboys winning this one too, yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Cowboys winning that one. Tommy DeVito will can go cry to his mom at, in his bed at home. Um man, if he hears this, he's gonna hate us. But you know, oh well, we're just the streakers. Uh, next game, we got the Washington Commanders taking on the Seattle Seahawks. The Seahawks, they're coming off of, I believe, yeah, they're coming off that very uh, deflating game against the against the Ravens. We know the Ravens have been super good, but the Seahawks, they're fighting for a playoff spot. So if you want to go to the playoffs, play, play a playoff team, and you have that performance, it's just not very good. But, hey, the Lions, they had the same kind of thing, and we're still very high on them. So I guess it's kind of hard to to grade the Seahawks as well, playing a very, very good uh, Baltimore Ravens team. But this week they're taking on a commander's team that just is not on the same level. And uh, 
give me the Seahawks winning this one. But Sam Howell, I, I have liked him all season. I've liked their offense. I think Eric Bieniemy should be getting that head coaching spot, uh, to at least to fill for the rest of the season. Fire Ron Rivera. He's done. Uh, but, and give Eric Bieniemy his fair shot because, man, he's deserved it for such a long time. Yeah, I think he's showing just like how well he can uh, mold his QB and communicate with them because I don't think Sam Howell's the guy in, a, in the future for the commanders, um, but he's playing well this year. Um, I don't want to overthink this pick. I'm going to go with the Seahawks. I know that they did lose to the Ravens, like you said, like just got a just disastrous game. But you know what? We're still high on the Lions, and you know it happens. The Ravens are just on a ridiculous tear. So I'll take the Seahawks. I don't want to overthink it, but at the end of the day, I probably wouldn't be too surprised if the commanders pulled it out because they're an enigma. I can't figure them out. They definitely are an enigma. Now we got the primetime Sunday night game. Man, the NFL has just been banging these so far this season. The New York Jets taking on the Vegas Raiders. Even with Aaron Rodgers, I okay, I guess I can see it now because Devontae Adams on the other side. Uh, what you expect to happen throughout the season is obviously not what has happened with Devontae Adams and Garoppolo on the other side, not panning out the way that uh, Vegas expected. McDaniel didn't even make it all the way here. Then as for the Jets, you got Zach Wilson starting for him because of the Achilles tear for, for Aaron Rodgers or Achilles tear, we could say, because, man, he is, he is a superhuman with his recovery so far this year, because the fact that he is throwing a football and walking around and, and with the team, I wouldn't be so shocked if he's back for the last like two or three games of the season. If of course the, the jets have a shot at still making the playoffs, but as for this game, the line is minus one for the jets. So it literally is either way. Uh, I got the jets winning though. I think they're going to just hand the ball off to Brees hall and he's going to run the ball a lot. And pardon me. I think uh, this Jets defense is just going to overwhelm the rookie quarterback, Aiden O'Connell, over on the on the Raiders' side. I think they got their big win last week against the Giants. They got their whole rah-rah team working around uh, the firing and working with Antonio Pierce. If they want any shot, though, they're going to have to throw the ball to Devontae Adams. I think the last couple of weeks he's been absolutely non-existent for them. He's going to have Sauce Gardner on the other side, but I, I just think uh, if Sauce is able to lock him up and the whole defense as a whole is able to stop uh, the Raiders, then Brees Hall and Zach Wilson will be able to do enough to to win the game on the offensive side. Yeah, I like the Jets here too. I do think that the Raiders got their one their one win out of the way, and it was against the Giants, so that take that with a grain of salt. That's nothing at that point. Um so I'll take the Jets. I don't think that Zach Wilson has been so garbage to the point where they can't win a game against the Raiders. So give me the Jets, and they're still holding out hope that Aaron Rodgers defeats uh, modern medicine and comes back in time. I don't, I don't see it, but uh, five and four for the New York Jets is actually definitely pretty interesting. Did not have that on my bingo card after Week One. I mean, moving on to the next game, we got the Broncos taking on the Bills. I don't think the Bills are going to lose this game, but if they do, they would be behind the Jets in the standings. They would, uh, the Bills would be sitting at five and five, and the Jets would be sitting at five and four. That would be pretty pretty crazy. Definitely not on the bingo card either. Um, 
But yeah, give me the Bills in this one. The Broncos, I think they're coming off of their bye last week. I don't remember them playing. Their last game was against the Chiefs where they were to pull out a 24-9 win. So, hey, maybe they can do it again in on primetime tomorrow night on Monday, but I'm not expecting it. I think the Bills, they're, they're angry right now. I don't think they've been angry all year, pretty much ever since week one when they lost the Jets. So I think they're going to come out and just kind of stick it to the Broncos, maybe try and pull a Dolphins 70 to 20 win or whatever, 50-point spread. It's not going to happen, but they're going to try for it. Yeah, I don't. I, I honestly think that the Broncos are going to cover. I almost, I'm almost tempted to to take the Broncos, but I'm not going to. Uh, the Bills kind of played down to their competition a little bit at times, so all their games seem to be close no matter what. And then it just depends on whether or not they end up pulling it out at the very end. Uh, shout out to the Broncos, man. I mean, they kind of picked it up after that after that awful, awful game against uh, the Dolphins. They had their big comeback against the Bears. They did lose a couple games uh, to the Jets in Kansas City, but then they were able to piece together a couple wins against the Packers, and then they split against Kansas City for the year. Uh, Russell Wilson has been playing well. He's got 16 16 touchdowns to four interceptions, uh, 1,613 yards. Not a ton, but still pretty good numbers. He's actually had a much better year than he did last year. Um, And that's part of the reason why I do think that they will cover. I can't just in good faith, take the Broncos right now. It's just too risky. Um, and especially with the the Bills needing wins right now. They, they're on high alert uh, to make sure that they don't fall behind uh, too far from Miami, but also the wildcard playoff race. Because we were just talking, the Texans are hot on their tails. Uh, the Bengals have that last one already locked in. Uh, and that's a tough team to catch because that Bengals team, I mean, when they're rolling, that's a Super Bowl team. So, they got a lot uh, to play for. They're certainly uh, they should certainly shouldn't take this game lightly. Lightly, and it's on prime time, so you got to think that uh, Sean McDermott's going to have these guys ready to play because they've been on a lot of prime time games this year, and they have played down in their competition, and they've been the talk of the town, uh, whether they win or they lose. So they've been kind of in a lose lose situation with that and their media exposure. But uh, with all that being said, and my love for the for this new look Broncos team. Over the last like two, three weeks, I'll still take the Bills. I just can't, I just cannot possibly take the Broncos here. But I do think they cover and a seven point spread. So that's a seven point. Mm-hmm. Speaking of spread, did you find what our biggest one that we've seen this year was? So I really do believe that this is the biggest one so far this year. Uh, unless we missed it, there might be one other one. But as far as I know, that this is the biggest one. Um, the biggest one in history, if anybody was curious, is 28 points. Uh, the Broncos were favored over the Jaguars. I don't know if you remember this game way, way back when in 2013. Jaguars were the worst team in the NFL, and the Broncos had the greatest offense ever. They were favored by 28. They did not cover. It was 35-19. Uh, and, oh, wow. and history should show, though, that in these big point spreads, man, take the underdog. I, I don't know. Maybe the Giants get shut out. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> if they get shut out, all bets are off. But truthfully, I think this game could end somewhere like nine to, you know, like nine to twenty-four or something. That's that's fifteen points. They'll get close. I mean, I'm not saying that it won't be a two-touchdown game, but like, man, I, I don't think I see. I don't know if I see the Cowboys covering. No, I I totally feel you on that one. And then we got a just a little update on the game over in Germany. It's currently seven to three. 
the Colts were able to get a rushing touchdown from Jonathan Taylor there right when we pulled away and went over and did our the rest of our games. But, yeah, looks like we're looking okay over there in, uh, in Germany. But, Patrick, would you like to uh, take us home? Absolutely. This has been another great edition of the Streakers podcast. We'll be back on Tuesday talking college football, talking a little NBA, and recapping the games from this week. I'm Patrick Previty. That's Mason McGlair. This has been the Streakers podcast. We'll see you next time. Sports Social Podcast Network.